All right, we are back with another edition of the Cousin Soccer Podcast. I'm Clark. And I'm Hector. And yeah, uh, we got another little episode for you guys. We're going to be diving into some Atlanta United talk. Uh, where do you want to start today, Clark? I'm thinking we just kind of go over the Atlanta versus Miami game. You know, there were some good things and also some bad. But I mean, I. Let's start with the good things. Personally, I thought Bello, Gallagher, and Mulraney, and even Adam John had pretty solid games. You know, Bello was good on the left side, coming down there and just providing offense as usual. Had some good uh, saves at the back, you know, good tackles. Gallagher, he's a pretty decent player right now. I mean, he looks like he could provide some needed depth on that left side. Um I think he played striker throughout college and then was forced into like a left back wing back role, even though kind of just forced into it. But he might be able to kind of become a pretty decent MLS player. He's pretty young, too. So it's not, you know, there's still room to grow with him. And then Mulraney was just whipping in some badass crosses like he was putting in effort, too. I, I really enjoyed it. And then Adam John had. Some great physical hold-up play that, you know, we've just been kind of lacking. And it was very refreshing to see from, uh, you know, from that point. Yeah, I think, um, like you said, there was, there was a, lot of, a lot of things to look at as positives and obviously a lot of negatives too. But while we're on the positives, I think it was the first time that you could point at, like you said, a few different players. And although the team itself isn't necessarily like gelling all the way yet. You're starting to see their individual qualities kind of shine a little bit. Like, like you touched on uh, Adam Jan's hold up play and all that. Like that's, that's why he came to Atlanta United and we haven't really seen him provide that consistently. This is the first game that I thought really from, from start until he left the field. Um, he, he was a presence out there. And it, you know, the, the defense was feeling the physicality that he was able to provide um, Gallagher, you know, fantastic game out of him. I had already liked what we had seen from him, and you know, he he got his goal finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether he's a, a long-term starter on that left side or just a, a depth piece, you know, I think the what we what we see and what we know is that he's going to at least be able to contribute going forward to this team. And yeah, George Bello, he he continues to just you know live up to the hype that that we've had for him for a few years now. Um, Took a while for him to stay on the field consistently, but now that the health has been there for him, by far one of the best players for Atlanta United this season. Um, I'm excited to see how he keeps going throughout the rest of the season. Um, it's been such a, I mean, for Atlanta United specifically, such a down season, but just the whole nature of it has been chaotic. And to see a, a guy who's so young really just show resilience, show maturity, all that you know, on top of that, actually show quality on the pitch. It's just, it's awesome to see. I'm, I'm glad there's glad there's at least a few bright spots on the team right now. And I think George Bello is probably the brightest of them for me, at least. Oh, absolutely. He's been, you know, lights out and it's been extremely impressive to watch him just really just continue to grow with each game. And I think take on a little more responsibility with being that attacking role. So maybe that'll change in the future when we get a little more balance across the field. But, uh, you know, I there were other bright spots. I thought uh, Lennon came on and had a pretty decent uh, 
attempt, or he had a great, yeah, it the ball was going over the line, and he saves it for that cross to Kubo. I think both of them had pretty good impacts right on the, the jump of their, you know, substitution. That was, it was good to see. Sadly, you know, Kubo is probably out for the rest of the season, which sucks because I think, you know, he provided a little bit different type of play, but, and then what did you think of Rosette, Rosette Honestly, I've, I feel like every week so far I've had the same, same complaint with, with his play. Um, it's not all bad. You can tell he's a, a very talented player and he's young. You know, he's, he's new to the team. It's, it's the worst season possible to try to integrate yourself into a new team in a new country. Like the whole thing is set up badly, but uh, the, my, my main complaint has been just, it seems he's a little, and I don't know if this is because he's still getting used to it, but it seems like he's a little slow to, to, to launch attacks going forward. Um, when he, the few times that he does like see the pass quickly and make a decision fast, you, you see why Atlanta United liked him. He's able to play some great balls. Um, he's, he's bigger than I realized. So like he can take people on and even if he doesn't dribble past them, like he can, kind of body them off the ball and, and hold on to it. Um, but I don't know. I think he's a player who we're just going to have to have some patience with because the, the talent is definitely there, there with him. Um, and like I said, I don't know if it's a matter of just getting used to a new league and that, and that whole thing. But uh, yeah, right now my, my biggest complaint is it's, it's just either indecisiveness or the like attentiveness to just the next play isn't quite there yet with him, in my opinion. But you know, it's there's flashes of it, and I, I hope that with more games under his belt, more minutes, and just having the same players around him more consistently, I hope that's something that starts to kind of come out consistently. Because, like I said, I when he does make the right decision, you can you can see like he has the quality to be a great player and probably a starter for this team. Um, it's just a matter of of getting that you know for 90 minutes multiple games in a row, not just a few times a game. Mm -hmm. Like, like you said, it's, I feel like he can disappear from a game right after doing something, you know, make a great pass, do a couple good dribbles, relieve some pressure and then just, you know, disappear. And the next time he gets the ball, wait too long. And like you said, I, we hope that he can grow into that and kind of, evolve a bit but yeah he he definitely shows some flashes of he could be a pretty decent player in the mls his issues aren't too different from um barco's really in my opinion you know barco doesn't you know i i 100 agree in the sense that he that Rizzo tends to like you, you disappear from games in a way like you you do forget he's out there at times barco not so much but they both have that that same issue where if the decision just came, you know, a second earlier, you know, one touch sooner than what they're doing right now, it would open up a few more opportunities, I think. And, you know, for for Barco at this point, you can't really there's no adjustment really left for him. It's he's been here for several years now. Um, you expect quality from him. I think with, with Barco, it might be just him pressing him, trying to do too much. And maybe that's what's causing the um, the indecisiveness or sometimes the just knowing what he wants to do, but not being able to pull it off. But yeah, I, like I said, I think that's two guys who who've displayed, you know, a little bit of a, 
you know, if they, if they, they just, I think they're players who just need to be they're They're so good at passing when they make the right one. They need to just be quicker on their feet and in their mind, decide, okay, this is the ball I'm going to play, whether it's a shot, whether it's a pass or, you know, trying to dribble someone, but um, it, it happens constantly where one of them gets the ball and it looks like it's going to be the start of a counter attack or like a quick build up play, but then it just sort of dies off because they, they get the ball at their feet and they lift their head up. At least Rosero lifts his head up and, and doesn't play a pass quickly. And by that time, the defense has a chance to reset up their line and everything. Um, Barco on the flip side has that tendency to just dribble, dribble, dribble into a wall. Uh, but yeah, you know, th- those are two guys who I think Atlanta really needs to start getting consistent performances out of if they have any hope of salvaging this season. I think so too. And, you know, it could be that he may not be as used to that physical league and the inconsistencies of the refereeing that is the MLS. Um, but yeah, he's, I, I multiple times you'd see him get the ball, wait one, two, and just not even pass to a guy that's making a run down the wings. And you're like, Oh, come on, dude. He's, he was there. So maybe with more consistent players on the field, you know, we're seeing the same people out there each week that could also build some chemistry where he's comfortable to do that and knowing stuff. Um, what did you think of Robinson? You know, I actually have some thoughts on the defense as a whole. Um, it's been more of the same where it, it's just, I don't know. It, it almost feels like they have the yips or something where something they, they feel like something is going to go wrong and they, they have a screw up and it leads to a goal but it's almost like they're playing with fear. And Robinson specifically is a guy who uh, last season, especially looked like a player who had blossomed into one of the best center backs in MLS. And he was so young that you were thinking like long-term, this is a guy who's going to be playing in Europe at some point mm-hmm. in the future. Um, and at a minimum, he was like going to be a building block for the Atlanta defense. Definitely still think that's going to be the case with him, but it is a little odd just to see um, just how many mistakes kind of slow to react, not really seeing, um, you know, no like long passes out of him to kind of create from the back, which I'll be honest, that's the last thing I'm going to ask for from Robinson. If he plays solid defense, like I'm going to be content with that. The the offensive side of that, that's something that can come down the line. But yeah, just, you know, and Robinson's not the only one, you know, Atlanta let in a goal in the second minute. I think what, the, the previous game, they let one in in the first one, in the first minute? It was like within the first 50 seconds, yeah. Yeah, so so back-to-back games where where they let in an early one, and it's been something crazy. I think like out of their 12 games, something like eight or nine of them, they've they've fallen behind to start the game. like And just, just falling behind, especially so early, it's such a gut punch, especially the way the team's been playing. And yeah, I just I expect so much more from from the defense. It's it's the it's the the, the back line is the, the the area on the team that I looked at and was like, okay, walks or Meza, Robinson, Escobar, Bello. Um, if if any group of players I thought was going to be like consistent for for large parts of the season, it was that one because a lot of them are guys who have a lot of minutes already under their belt. Um, but yeah, it just it hasn't been the case at all. You know, Atlanta. They they were able to to tie the game up just a few minutes later, and then just right back around they lit in another goal. 
So yeah, I just I'm I'm really disappointed with what the defense has been doing lately. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. They like to shoot themselves in the foot and then try to play out of that. And both of the goals um, against Miami stemmed from Escobar being out of position, which is a little, you know, he's trying to do a lot on the offensive side and start something, gets out of position when the ball gets lost in the midfield, and then he's, you know, it, it just sets him up for failure. But he, he has in the first half been horrible in most games for the past. Like I, I remember last year talking about how when he is playing as right back and, you know, we, he, he can set up this team to do a lot more and just, he, he's pretty dynamic when it comes to that. And it's a little disappointing to see him have these many, all these big errors that lead to goals and just kind of, scratching your head constantly you know he's getting frustrated the team's getting frustrated it adds all of this extra chaos to this back line that we were like oh you know this is the only part we don't have to worry about right it and then it leads you to think like what what's going on with these set pieces like anytime there's a set piece i'm absolutely i'm like okay 90 percent, this is a goal like it doesn't matter where it's from who's doing it we could have the tallest guy there and I'm still like, nah, they're probably going to score. Like last season, we had the fewest conceded goals from set seasons. I don't even know what the stat is for this season, but it has to be like the most. Yeah. And, and set pieces are one of the few things that I, I look at and I would, I would be quicker to blame the coach uh, for those types of failures than I would other, other failures on the pitch because that's something that you go out there and practice and whether you are, you know, you either have a plan based off your scouting report that you're going to mark man to man or zone, whatever it is like you have a plan going into it. And at, after that, it's just a matter of, you know, everyone doing their job and, and just getting the ball out of the box. Um, for right now, uh, set pieces, counterattacks, and any time the, uh, the other team is pressuring the Atlanta back line when they have the ball, all three of those situations, like I have close to zero confidence that they're going to be able to get out of it in a successful way. Like I, I'm just hoping that they can at least get the ball out of bounds and have a chance to reset because, man, they are they are falling apart in the back. Well, even with throw-ins too, it's scary. You know, we're not we're we keep giving away possession on throw-ins. Like that's a free possession. You don't just throw it away. <laughs> um, but you know, there's. I know we lost LGP and Parkhurst and it's like losing those ones, obviously very smart um, tactically. And the other one is just a very big presence on the field, missing them, you know, obviously has had some impact on this team. And another guy that I've thought hasn't been playing at his best is Guzan. He's looked extremely frustrated and like any time a goal goes in, He's kicking himself like he knows he probably should have done better. But then does that also mean the back line should have done better as well? It's just their partnership right now is not too pretty. And it's leaving them both getting very frustrated. Not only, you know, Robinson and walks, but Guzan as well. He, He looks like a shell of his former self. Yeah, if you if you you know if you're someone that looks at body language with the players at all, just to kind of read into what what they're feeling or what's going on, 
you would assume this team is, I mean, they, they have been playing like they are, but you would assume they're the worst team in the league because the, the second any little thing goes wrong, you know, heads are hanging, people are yelling at each other. And yeah, I get it. There's going to be frustrations when you're not playing well, but at some point you just have to, you know, man up and suck it up and just move on to the next play. Cause the second you start letting in, you know, and that that's, that's been the issue this whole time. They, they let in that first goal. They're, they're able to quickly counterattack, you know, get a goal to, to, to draw the game. And then they just let in another one, you know, that whole half Atlanta, I thought was pressuring Miami decently. They were creating a few chances, but the second that like for an extended run, it looked like they weren't going to get that second goal. You could just start to see the frustration. You, you could see the frustration in players' faces, like, oh, okay, you know, it, it's going to happen again. We're we're not going to get the, the equalizer here, and we're going to go home with another loss. And yeah, Guzan in particular, he can't can't blame it all on him because, like you said, the the defense hasn't really been setting things up nicely for him. Mm-hmm. They've been putting him in some really bad spots, but he has had a few moments where there's balls that he he should have saved that went into the net. Um, whether that's just the mounting frustrations, the all-around bad play for the team, or it's Guzan kind of slowing down a little. He is up there in age. Uh, he is a keeper, though. You know, keepers usually tend to play pretty deep into their careers if they're good. I'm not sure. Um, it's hard to really make any, like, giant judgments on, on the keeper when, when the defense as a whole is so bad and they're just feeding the other team opportunities to score uh escobar in particular man i i haven't seen enough to make up my mind but it almost seems like he's a little bit slower than he was last year i don't know if it's just hasn't been fully fit because of the whole situation that the team is dealing with um or maybe he has lost some pace maybe it's a nagging injury i don't know but i do think in past seasons because he was so fast, it made it more possible for him, even if he played up too far up and got out of position, to get back and cover himself. Um, also helped that he had incredible center backs to back him up there. But but even without them, like he he was very good at chasing down those wingers that got past him and at least getting the ball out of bounds. And now it's been multiple games where I've seen him get beat on that side where that used to be something that you would never see. Um, so that's something that I'm I'm keeping my eye on just to see if if it's just, you know, a one-off thing or or if there actually has been a, a drop in speed on, on Escobar's part. Because if, if he loses that, he could still be a good player, but he can't be the giant risk taker that he is at times. Because he, you know, he, he does depend on that speed a lot to recover if he makes a mistake. Yeah, he is extremely high risk, high reward when it comes to his style of play. And, you know, that is maybe something we got to at least keep an eye on. Um, I, yeah, I have noticed him being way more out of position, and it may be due to some injury. That's a good good insight there. A thing that kind of bugged me about the game, too, was we didn't have our only designated player on the field, and we looked better as a team. That's, that's not a good sign for the designated player. Oh, like, see, so last year... Let's roll it back to that U-20 World Cup. Barco, I think, scored like a sick volley. He was involved in a lot of creating uh, goals, assists, just really doing stuff all over the field. And when he came back from 
the World Cup. I think he might have gotten hurt. I don't remember. I think he played. A he few did. Game. Okay, so he got hurt. Um, comes back from that injury, looks good, scores like a fantastic, just like curler outside the box, starting to provide assists, like looking like this guy that we saw in the World Cup. We're like, oh, sweet, finally. Like, he's really coming into his own. And then 2020 starts, and he reverts right back to this indecisive, like dribbles too much, just gets in his own head. And I'm at the point with him where it's like if someone's willing to pay the same amount we bought him for or even like five dollars more i'm like yeah just sell him because not saying he's bad and can't improve it's just like at what point is it going to click with him he's had this much time he knows the league and obviously like the players have all changed but he's good enough to be you know technically is good enough to be a great player in the league so it's like when is it gonna click for him you know it's it's very very frustrating to watch because you're like oh you're like a half second oh you touched the ball two times too many there you like obviously have a bird's eye view while watching but man it it is it is very frustrating to watch and i'm i'm with you there i'm 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 someone that has a lot of patience for young players especially ones with a lot of potential um just because you've seen, you've seen a lot of times that a, a guy, you know, comes up through an academy or through a youth squad, highly touted, and then kind of hits a wall when he when he hit gets to the major club, um, and then that team either sells them, lets them go, whatever it is, and all of a sudden something clicks and they they turn into a fantastic player, um, and you end up maybe regretting things a little bit, but I think people tend to remember those success stories way more than they remember just how many players end up failing or not necessarily failing, but kind of just peaking really young. Um, And if you wait too long, you just end up with a guy who by the time they're all of a sudden they're 25, 26 years old. And in the back of your mind, you're like, wait, wasn't he supposed to be (laughs) like way better than this? And you're just constantly waiting for that potential to hit. Um, so I, I'm with you. I wouldn't be opposed to a sale if they at least made their investment back. Um, I do think I do think Barco can be a very successful player, not just in the MLS, but like maybe even something like the Italian or the Spanish league. But right now, it's just after after this long, if it hasn't worked yet with Atlanta United, it's hard to imagine that it ever will. At least you know and a complete explosion where he is a no doubt top five player in the league. Um, so if, if a team comes calling and they're like, you know what, we're willing to, to pay for that same potential that you guys paid. Just, I think long-term it's in Atlanta's best interest to, to recoup that and, and just reinvest into the club and, and take another swing at a, at a designated player, because that's the thing about designated players. And I think Atlanta is, is learning that lesson right now. They, as, as fun as it is to invest in a young guy that you're like, oh, he could blow up and, and become a superstar and will look so good for, for buying a player on the cheap, you know, shipping him off to Europe, making a huge, uh, making a huge profit off our investment. There's a, there's a short like window where you can wait for them to start delivering on that because your designated players, you know, they're your top three highest paid players. You need them 
to be your best three players when they're on the field. Uh, if, if you don't, as you can see right now, you're going to fall behind the MLS clubs that are getting that type of performance out of it. And if you look back at when Atlanta was successful, you know, they were, they made smart investments with Joseph Martinez, with Miguel Almiron, uh, Tito Vialba, all guys who weren't that highly touted. Atlanta paid, you know, decent money, but nothing insane for any of them. Uh, but the difference was that those guys, they weren't necessarily superstars the minute they stepped on the field. But by the end of year one, you knew how good Joseph was. You knew how good Almiron was. And Vialba, you know, he didn't hit the same heights, but you knew that he was still a quality player. Mm-hmm. Um, with with Barco, I just feel like at this point, you're still just waiting and you're just getting the same exact results that you've been getting since the second that he arrived here. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I, I think it'll come one day. I just I don't want Atlanta to just be sitting there waiting. And all of a sudden it's, you know, he's like 23, 24 years old and he's still the same player. And all of a sudden the best transfer fee you're getting is like two million, three million dollars for him. Well, Especially also, if, yeah, it could be like 15 on the table right now. I don't know. Like there's there's been no actual numbers thrown out. But yeah, the the I just think uh, the worst thing Atlanta could do right now is keep hoping for something that probably isn't going to show itself when there's like a basically a get out of jail free ticket potentially in hand. And it's also, you know, maybe he was a Tata saw something in his style of play that would have fit him. Didn't have more time here because he didn't want to. Um, And when he leaves, you know, you have a kind of not a rejected kid or something, but like a, he's just a, just doesn't fit with what you know the team is wanting to do so yeah he he's obviously good like has the potential to be good but it's you know time is ticking and you don't want to lose out on that investment and then agreed you know the last thing i have to say about that game was the refs were bad once again (laughs) that reyes dude shouldn't have been on the field he completely stopped torres from attacking like held him while he was running forward and got beat and then like a minute later decked like the shit out of Gallagher so it's like that he shouldn't have been on the field referees gotta be better I hate talking about them every week but it's the MLS I'm probably going to (sighs) yeah I don't blame you it's been it that that's one of the few things that's been consistent the entire season so (laughs) yeah and I will say We've mentioned it before. Miami is going to be a very good team. We just keep watching it. Pizarro obviously was unleashed with Matuidi in that midfield. He was causing us trouble all over the place. And, you know, we've said many times that they are much better than the table shows. And that I think when they get Iguain instead of Juan Agadello as their starter. It's going to be a game changer. Yeah, they're going to be they're going to be pooing in people's pants. I I wouldn't be shocked if, if Higuain can get in and kind of, I think that he's still waiting on a work visa. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might take a little bit, but if he can get in and have some matches before the playoffs start and, and Miami makes it, it would not shock me to see it. They might not win it all, especially this first year, but it wouldn't shock me to see them upset whoever they play in the first round. Cause you know, with, 
with Matuidi coming in and then Iguain and, and the core of the club, you know, getting getting some games under their belt. It's a team that you're starting to see on the counter. They are absolutely de- devastating. Like, and I, I remember this back from uh, watching Pizarro with uh, Monterey. He, it, it feels like he's playing at a different speed than the rest of the players on the field. Like, it almost looks like he's playing in slow-mo. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, like, he dribbles past someone or plays this great outlet pass and that guy's just in front of goal on his own. And you're like, like, it's just, it's a very smooth, almost like he's gliding on the field style of play. And it's, it's fun to watch, honestly, they're going to be a problem for teams. Um, and I just, their ceiling probably is a little capped just because the team has been put together, you know, over, you know, Matui joined in the summer and now Iguain is going to join at some point now in the fall. So that's probably going to cap them at just like a, maybe a short playoff run, but it, it, they definitely are a team to keep your eye on because would not surprise me at all if they win maybe one or two more games that they, than they're supposed to in the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. Um, and so let's, let's move on to, I guess, Dallas, because that game is on Wednesday, the 23rd. And honestly, this game, to me, if the defense, like Franco, doesn't step up and start playing just better, this game's going to be a bloodbath. Like, Dallas has been kicking ass. You know, they've, they're third in the West, which is a harder division than the East, I guess you could say. And, you know, we, we just got to pretty much everything we've talked about with Barco needing to step up and actually, if he, if he even plays, because he's injured once again. Um, and show us that he's worth a designated player spot. Uh, you know, if if we can't defend set pieces, it's going to be bad. Like, it's just, you know, the same list of things. Hopefully we can just come out and have a positive performance. I'm not expecting a win, most likely. No, I don't even expect a draw. I just want to see us making improvements. Because, like, like you said, it's... Team, this team is kind of a bunch of different people put together. We haven't had a set line. We haven't had the same players start two weeks in a row. Like, that's pretty unheard of too. Not only in the MLS, but like everywhere. You you want to you'd expect to have a best eleven, and I can't put that on the field right now because I really don't know. I don't think the coaches know either. Yeah, no, I I agree, and I also don't have very high hopes for the game. Um, Part of it is Atlanta just has been playing well, but another part of it is just how well Dallas has been playing. Like you said, mm-hmm. they're the third in the in the West. Um, they've won three games in a row, so they're in fantastic form right now. I think the most recent one they took down uh, Kansas City, I believe, three two something like that. And yeah, it's just setting up to be a, a problematic game for Atlanta. They're they're not in a good spot right now, and I I can't see anything other than like a two one three one Dallas win. If Atlanta can somehow pull out even a point, I'll be happy with that because that'll go nicely towards the table. Um, obviously, a win would be amazing. Just not very, very hopeful for it. Like I said, not, it's not even all necessarily because of how bad Atlanta's been playing, but it's just giving credit to what Dallas has been able to do these last few weeks. The one, they do have an injury that's pretty big. Uh, I can never say his name. Pom, Pom. He's the midfielder for them. He's... 
good. He's one of, I think he's one of their designated players. I don't know because everyone has three and that's quite a few to keep track of. But he's been a playmaker for them. He's kind of scored goals as well. So it's, yeah, it, it him being out will be, I think they've played a few weeks without him now, but still they've been kicking ass. So don't expect much from this game. Hopefully there's improvements and it's not like a complete blowout. And at least I want to see people doing better. Positive, you know, uh, body. Uh, I can't even speak. But I just want to see people playing better, not getting so down if a goal is scored. Just And I, I would also hope to hear uh, S- Steve Glass just yelling on the field again. That was fun. That that's always great. While while you're on a on a little bit of an optimistic side here, um, we should probably talk about the newest designated player Atlanta mm-hmm. brought in. Um, they announced this morning that they had signed Marcelino Moreno from Club Atlético Lanús, who that's actually the club that Miguel Almiron came for. Funny enough, uh, Moreno was the guy who was signed to replace Almarone when Almarone was sold to Atlanta. So there's almost like a pipeline here being formed. Um, from what I've read, he, he was a very liked player for that club. Um, they, they, they were very happy with what he provided after Almarone's departure. Um, there's no official f- uh, fee reported by the club. I don't think that they, they normally don't report anything, but it, what I've seen is around $7 million for him, which is about half of what they paid for like Pity and Barco and those guys. So, you know, a little bit of a, still a large investment for an MLS club, but not as big as what they've been doing. We'll see what he's able to do. I, outside of a few highlight videos, I don't know too much about him, um, but what have you, have you been able to check him out? Um, yeah, I've gone through some highlight videos. I spent a little bit of time today uh, checking out some vids, and at least in all of those highlights, he looks kind of like the player that we've been talking about and wanting to sign, at least me and you. You know, a guy that can play in the middle, um, can pass, obviously run at defenders with the ball, and make runs into the box without the ball. That's another huge one, too. Um and yeah, he looks like he's decisive, looks like he likes to score goals. He likes to provide, create key passes that lead to assists. Hopefully he can reproduce some of the magic, uh, you know, here in Atlanta, but don't want to put all this pressure on him. And I don't think it's going to be this huge, you know, signing that's going to change the season, completely turn it around. Cause I still think the biggest thing for us is a coach, but I hope he like starts with, you know, just starts running feet on the ground, just doing good. And, you know, he, he can't be any worse than what's going on now. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think they said it would be 10 to 15 days or 14 days before he could even be here in the U.S. And then, you know, he'll do this similar type of introduction to the team as Jurgen Dom, which would be, you know, individual training then limited game time at some point and then eventually might get a full start because he hasn't played in a quite a bit of time i think it's been a few yeah months. I, 
It's been since uh, March, I think, is what I what I saw. I back when everything else had shut down, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I agree, it'd be it'd be dumb to put a ton of pressure on him for this season. Um, this team is the the fixes it needs go beyond one designated player. Um, like you said, it it needs a coach, permanent coach with actual like deep tactics for what to do, um, and it needs just improvements and maybe a few signings across the board. But I agree uh, from the videos that I saw, it seems like he's very talented. It seems like he's a player who could slot into the team in an area that we need, um, whether that's this season or the next. I'm just excited to see a new face. Hopefully, like you said, he he hits the ground running and, and we got a quality player. Yeah. Um, and then there's some updates, at least from the front office today on, I think they said they narrowed down their search for coaches down to two people. They didn't tell us who or the time frame of signing them. I'm still thinking it has to be someone that either has a job now that, you know, is in a hot seat type thing where they're one loss away from, you know, getting fired or it's someone out of work. And if someone out of work, it'd be really cool. There's this cool guy. He used to coach for Tottenham. Not a lot of people know about him, um, but he's apparently a very good coach. (laughs) And I think, you know, I, hopefully we find someone soon and it clears all of this up and at least gives us an idea for the future. But this season, you could m- most likely write it off. I mean, like, even if we make it to the playoffs, don't have your hopes up that, oh, we're going to win it all because that's just unrealistic. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's fine with me. I think if you, if the long term looks good that's all i need at this point let's let's fix this let's fix this team even if it's a, a slow process like enough of this just plugging holes and band-aids on on actual issues like they need to start making some real fixes with this club and uh, one of the biggest ones like we've always said is is bringing in that coach so i think once that's done i'm going to be a lot more confident in the sense that they there's a clear vision of where we're going what the long-term plan is, what kind of style that whole thing. Um, so yeah, well, we'll just be keeping our eye on that. Hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll have some, some official announcement on that. Yeah, that would be, I would be ecstatic if that was the case, maybe even buy his Jersey. Okay. Well, I think uh, that's it for today's episode. If you know, you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at T cousins SP leave us reviews on, you know, Apple or Spotify. I don't know if you can do that on Spotify, but if you can, that'd be cool. You don't have to. Um, Yeah. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you next time.